You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer, a show where female entrepreneurs get radically honest about life and business. Today's episode is sponsored by Swiftly Social Digital Marketing. Swiftly Social helps people create a heart-centered digital marketing and Facebook ads strategy that gets you results. For a free video tutorial on how to grow your Facebook following by 10,000 or more, visit swiftlysocial.com. Hey guys, welcome to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. I'm your host, Melody Spencer, and I'm so excited to have my friend, Lisa Lumbrecht here today. She is an amazing stress coach and psychotherapist, and I'm really excited to have her here. So, welcome. Hi, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, if you guys are listening, funny story, this conversation was not on my calendar for whatever reason. It is technically Memorial Day here in the States, so it's a holiday, so I didn't think I had any calls. And she just was like, I'm here. Where are you? (laughs) So I jumped on this call to record this in like five minutes and I'm still drinking my coffee. So this is very real (laughs) for you guys to listen to. As real as it can get. Yep. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. um, So... Um, I'm a psychotherapist for five years now, and I mainly work with people that uh, want to focus on their stress management. Uh, I get a lot of people who are perfectionists, uh, who want to uh, work on their self-esteem, who want to learn to say no. Those are a lot the main um, subjects that... I work with with my clients. Yeah. So how do you help those people kind of conquer those issues? Well, the, always the first thing that we focus on is to uh, stabilize and uh, create mental clarity. That's basically yeah. the, the first thing that we do. Because if you don't have mental clarity, it's very hard to see what is going on with you and have the energy and the space in your mind to focus on um, challenge, uh, I mean, conquering what is going on right now is seeing what is going on and also see what is necessary to move forward. So Mm -hmm. mental clarity is always the first step that we get to always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you recommend like exercises for them or journaling or like how do they kind of break through those blocks? Um, so the block that you're talking about is not being aware. Hmm. Because if you don't have mental clarity, it always means that you're not aware of what is going on. And the thing that happens is that you follow every thought that comes up in your mind. That, was, that is what creates the mental chaos in our heads. So they, and, and, uh, they call it the monkey mind. This means that you, if you, if I, for example, if I say to you, C, the C, what do you think about? Um, I think about the ocean and the beach and, yeah. Uh-huh. For example, you, so you think, you, I can imagine that you now have an image of, 
one time that you went there. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, okay. So, and then if you think about that image, maybe you think about a memory that you have about a holiday and then your mind jumps to the holiday. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's like a monkey that jump, jumps from um, one place to another. So our mind does the same. And it's not about you. That's not, it's not your thing. It's just how your mind works. It's a monkey mind. So mm-hmm. what is necessary is that we can create a focus on one thing. And that sounds very simple, but it's actually quite hard to do. So what I mean with focus on thing, one thing is, for example, that you, in the morning, that you focus for 10 minutes on your breath. So that is the mindfulness practice. That is the main thing that I do is practicing on um, focusing on the breath and on the body and only that. So that's, that sounds simple. But the thing is, the moment that your mind figures out that you're focusing on one thing only, it gets bored. And it's like, oh, what else is there that we could think of? And it's mainly our problems. So our mind is made to remind us that certain problems aren't solved. So that's a a good thing, right? But it is a very, uh, how do I say it? Hyperactive thing. So it always reminds us, even if we don't want to be reminded, it does that. So we have to learn... It's like, actually, it's like a dog. We have to train our mind. We don't can get it inside peeing in our house or something. <laughs> no, we don't want that. We want it to have its own place where it knows where to do that. So with the mind, it's the same. We cannot let it jump around all over the place. We have to say like, no, okay, now I'm, I'm having my breakfast and I want to uh, focus on that and enjoy that. And every thought that comes along, I will just treat like a car that passes by in the street. I always say that to my clients. So what this means that is, if you see a car coming in the street, you're like, okay, there's a car coming. He passes by and he goes away. But I'm not going to jump in front of that car knowing where they go, who they are. No, I'm just letting it happen and letting it go away. And with the thoughts, we have to do the same thing. So if we know we have a thought, we just say, oh, there is a thought. Okay. And it goes away. And now I Mm -hmm. focus on my breakfast again. That is is what mindfulness is. So it gives us the opportunity to have uh, more peace of mind because we focus on what we do now and not on all the problems that our mind is reminding of us. Mm. Yeah, easier said than done, right? (laughs) Absolutely, it sounds so simple. So focus on what you're doing. Oh yeah, that we can get that, you know. Um, But of course, our mind is how it is. It's an untrained, it's an untrained dog, basically. So if we want to train a dog, we have to have a lot of the patience and persistence, right? It's the same thing. Mm, yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about how you ended up working for yourself and deciding to start your own businesses. Like, how did that come about? Did you think you were going to do that your whole life? Or are you just like, okay, I'm going to make this decision? Um, well, actually, that's a very interesting story. The thing is, so I, when I graduated, a lot of people in Belgium were uh, having the same um, diploma. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of students and a lot of people uh, looking for that job, but not a lot uh, availability. So 
if you wanted to have a job and you had an interview, there were like a hundred people that wanted that job. So there was a lot of competition. Wow. And yeah, that was the first thing. But the main thing that was a problem for me was that I had so much fear of failure immensely. So the thing is, so when I applied for a job and I sent the email to them with my uh, um, curriculum vitae, mm -hmm. Um, at the same moment that I pressed send, I was thinking, oh my God, I hope they don't hire me mm, because yeah. I will suck at it. I will so disappoint those people and they will get mad at me because I don't get what they want and I will fail. And, and you can guess what happened. Of course, I, I think I sent hundreds of those mails and I remember that two of them, two times out of all these applications I had to go to an interview only two times and one of those two I was at the wrong interview I thought oh, I was no. yeah oh my that was so embarrassing so I was there and she was asking a question like why do you want to work for xyz and I thought like oh no I thought it was for a different company shit I'm at the wrong interview <laughs> so I of course I she noticed that I was at the wrong one. And of course I didn't get a job. So this went on for a year and I did all these jobs like a uh, cleaning lady and um, uh, selling clothes and all these things. Not there's anything wrong with that, but I was just looking for something safe that I knew I could do. And yeah, after a year, I got, of course, pretty miserable. I was like, Oh no, what the hell is going to happen with my life? And at that moment, my dad said to me, so my mom has um, a shop for food supplements, mm -hmm. um, so an organic shop, and at, above that shop, there is a space, there was a free space that wasn't used for anything. So my dad said, like, wouldn't you want to work uh, for yourself as a psychotherapist? And that was always my dream. But I was thinking like, oh yeah, within five or 10 years, not now. I'm not ready to do that right now. But it was so funny that even though I had fear of failure and my dad asked this question, I immediately said, I immediately said yes, I'm going to do that. Hmm. I felt like, yeah, I want to do that. I even wanted to do that before I went to university. But I didn't feel ready. But something inside me said, do that. So I did it. I started. But that was not at all. I mean, that was the beginning of mm. my uh, overcoming my fear of failure. Because I was there. So I had my practice totally ready with a desk and chairs, everything. It looks very pretty. I still think it looks very pretty. And I was there at my desk. Okay. Oh my God. How the hell am I going to get clients now? And <laughs> I was totally like, and I had to call doctors. I know I was so scared to call them. And I made like uh, in um, a Word document, I wrote down the lines that I was going to read when I did the call. So I didn't I need to think. I was so nervous and I read those lines and then they, they reacted, but I don't even heard their reaction anymore. And then I laid down the phone and I was like, oh my God, now I have to 
recover three days from this call before <laughs> another one. But of course, they felt in my energy that I wasn't convinced at all of what I was doing. So I, I believed like, I'm going to suck at this. I'm going to, mm. this is not going to work. I'm going to have clients and it will be a mess. That was my conviction. And when I finally got some clients, I remember my first clients. So they made an appointment. I was like, oh my God, I have an appointment. How crazy is that? And then the day of the appointment, I was so nervous. I hoped that they would cancel. Oh, I, no. like, oh, I hope they cancel because this is going to be a disaster. And of course, I don't know if you know the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, guess what happened? They didn't show up. Yeah, exactly. And then I thought, see, this is, I'm, I'm not good at this. They don't even want to come. So this was a vicious circle that I made for myself that reassigned that reestablished the the idea that this wasn't going to work out and this thing went on for two and a half years oh my goodness oh my god i was i had so much stress how many times that i laid in my bed and thought like oh my god am i ever going to make it i had of course i had a few clients here and there but it was of course not at all enough to make a living let alone feel confident that I was moving forward somewhere but what happened was there was a point where I felt like the thing is I never gave up because I was I kept this vision in my head like I am never going to forgive myself if I fuck this up Mm, yeah it was, I felt that this was a chance for me to prove to myself that fear of failure is only a limiting belief and not my reality, not my mm-hmm. truth. So every time that I said like, oh, it's not going to work out, I thought like, come on, I have to find new ways. Come on, what is my limiting belief that I have to crush down here? And this went on and on I, and I didn't really find it. But at one point I thought like I could remember when I was a teenager, a lot of friends or people came up to me and started talking about their problems or their worries to me. And a lot of times people said to me, like, I never told anyone this before, but with you, I can feel safe enough to tell it to you. And yeah. some people didn't even know me. So I was thinking like, Oh my God, I am a natural at this. People love talking to me. People love sharing their story with me. I never had to try to make that happen. It happened naturally. So I started thinking, if I think about my clients, like they are just friends. I know they never friends, but like people that just want somebody to listen to them. If I look at them like this, then I have nothing to feel nervous about or they're, cannot be failure because I have seen in my life that I can just do that. So what I basically did to conquer my fear of failure is like lowering the bar. I set my bar so high, like I had to be the perfect coach, the perfect therapist. I have to change their lives. But of course you have fear of failure when you never have the experience you did this before. Mm -hmm. So I just said like, if I just 
lower the bar so low that it comes to where I can already do the things that I want to do, I cannot fail. Mm. And that was what happened. So I was sitting there like, okay, I just saw them like friends or people that wanted to talk to me and have somebody to listen to them. And of course, what happened was they were happy. They were satisfied. And so was I, because I was doing the things that they longed most for me. And that was to have an, an open relationship with them that somebody who was just neutral, objective, and listening to them. And that was it. Mm, yeah. that, was enough. that was enough for them. And every time I felt that it worked and it happened and I felt a spark and my clients felt a spark, I got more confident. And I said to myself, if I can do this, I can do a little bit more as well. It's like, this is how fear of failure works lower the bar and create a successful experience. And then you can hire your bar a little bit more. And I love working with people who have fear of failure because I know how it works and how, can, how it can paralyze you. Mm -hmm. So a yeah. lot of clients come with these fears and I'm like, oh my God, yes, please let me help you. I love to get you over that because I know how you feel. So. Yeah. That was actually the story that um, describes how I got a psychotherapist and how my own story like, helped me to get the clients that need me. Yeah, that's amazing. I relate so much to that because I, thinking back to when I first graduated from university, much like you, like mm -hmm. I kind of did whatever to make money because there weren't any jobs. Yeah. And I think I did push away a lot of potential jobs because I was so scared yeah. of messing it up and mm -hmm. of not being good enough. And I think those patterns have just played out in my life for so long that it just feels like, oh, it's what I do. I'm just bad at stuff or I just, I feel like an imposter. Exactly. You make it your, uh, how do you say that, your identity. Oh, Yeah. It's this just who you are. If you start something, and I don't know if you notice this melody, but the more you want it, the more you stuff it up, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. If it's not important, of course it happens. But if it's really important, nope, no way it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So do you think uh, that your biggest fear is still failure? Or like, what are you most afraid of? <laughs> what am I most uh, I have to say it comes back in other areas as well like uh, relationships mm -hmm. that is my new project <laughs> all that um, so yeah it comes back in other areas as well if you uh, because we made it our identity of course, it comes back in other areas as well. So relationships are a thing that um, is a very big challenge for me right now. Not exactly for fear of failure, but um, more being open. That is the biggest fear that I have right now is being open to really let people see me as how and who I am. Because I have... Um, I can say what I want very easily uh, and people think of me like I am a strong person 
and partly I am, but there is a part of me that is very scared to be rejected. Mm, I think everybody is, but yeah, yeah. that's definitely Absolutely. a fear. Absolutely. So, and what I do is I created this strong persona, Lisa, who can say what she thinks without caring what others think. And that is partly true. But what I do is also with um, even my friends in my family, I am not able to open up about the real vulnerable things. Mm, Like, um, for example, if I have a, I I do meditation and I see stuff, I see things about myself or about my body, then it's just so normal for me to not tell that to anybody because I'm not used to sharing deep things because now it's because I'm not used to it but in the past I just learned to shut up because Mm. um yeah people around you criticize you for what you think or what you feel like oh when I was a child I heard a lot like oh don't be so emotional oh don't yeah that's kind of stuff like uh toughen up or uh don't cry or don't be mad like you get told that your emotions are wrong and that you just have to hold them back. And that is for, if you are a child, it is such a disappointment because that means like what you do and what you show to us is wrong and we don't want it. So get it out. And that's what you learn as a child. And that's what I learned myself as well. Like, okay, they only want to see the strong sides. Then they are happy about me. And if I show my vulnerable sides, I get criticized. So let's not do that anymore. And I think it's related. It relates to a lot of people, these, these kind of things. Mm, yeah, I, I absolutely relate to that 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like, especially being a more sensitive person, it's really hard to kind of I guess, compartmentalize those emotions and stop using them because that's just how we're wired. And when someone says like, don't cry, don't, don't be so emotional, don't be upset. You're like, okay, but that's just turning off a piece of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A part of your experience at mm-hmm. that point. And we, we, we don't get, if we are a child, we cannot divide our experience from our personality. We say like, if I can have, if I can't have this experience, this means a part of me can be seen and isn't okay. So let's hide that part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's now very important to feel safe again, to open up in this way and to talk about myself because now I am always in a position of the listener somebody who listens to other people and I love doing that but I have stopped asking the same from other people that I think are important to me like yeah give me some room for my story and my experience I just don't ask for that anymore I just don't ask for room for myself I just let them do the talking so if somebody asks me like how are you I will say like two lines about myself and then I say and what about you I'm not gonna say like uh, I don't give myself permission to tell my story yeah I think that's 
an experience that a lot of women have. We're so used yeah. to caring for others, mm-hmm. caring exactly. for family, caring for friends, caring for people we're in relationships with that we don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about our story. We don't allow ourselves to relax because mm-hmm. that's just what we do as women. We're, we've been told to like care for others. And I think that's some bullshit, honestly. I think that yeah. we need to care for ourselves as much as the people we love. Yeah, exactly. And the thing for me was that made most sense of all is the difference between female and male energy. Because um, I learned as a child to be in my male energy because that way I felt accepted. Because that is like the strong, the focused. uh, And I left all my emotional parts behind because I felt like that isn't okay. So I stepped out of my female energy into my male energy. And I did this for so many years. I I was so... Uh, excited if I had a new goal and was working towards it. But the thing what happened was that when I, g- I never got this happiness, this satisfaction of that, I felt like getting more and more empty because I didn't really experience the moment right now because I was thinking in this moment, like, yes, I cannot be happy because I can only be happy if my goal is fulfilled and if I am getting there. And of course, I never got there because I didn't have the right energy to get there because I'm a female, I'm not a male. So I was totally in my male energy and uh, I, I wasn't able, and this is still a learning, a big learning process for me, is to receive something. Mm, yeah. We are learned, as you said, like we are learned to give as a woman. And I think some men as well are this way. It's depends on what you experience in your childhood but yeah it's about just being able to receive what you give out Mm, absolutely I have trouble with that too I don't Mm -hmm. like to receive things I love to give again I love giving gifts I love giving time but if someone was to give me a gift or give me a compliment no like I can't receive that yeah exactly Exactly. So relatable. Absolutely. And it blocks us from feeling worthy because if we feel we are not worthy to receive, we get blocked both ways. We don't receive what we need and we don't feel worthy. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So in switching gears a little bit, so Mm -hmm. what kind of morning routine do you have that helps you kind of get in a better frame of mind and makes you feel worthy and ready to receive everything the day has for you. Okay. Um, Well, I started out with five five minutes of meditation. So I've been wanting to, for years, I wanted to install this uh, habit of meditation, mindfulness meditation. Um, and yeah, I started then, uh, doing a half an hour and I did it a couple of days and then I didn't do it. And then I was okay. I forgot to meditate. Okay. Let's do it again. Again, Mm, a couple of days and it went away again. And yeah, you feel like, Oh my God, I'm preaching mindfulness and I don't even do it myself. (laughs) Yeah. And the turning points came when, um, 
I just, I was thinking to myself, like, you are trying this for years now and you still don't get it. What is the reason? Is because I, you really, because I was afraid to embrace that future self of me, mm. like that already can do this. So I was thinking like, okay, this is very simple. Either you do it or you don't. And if you don't, then you know how your future is going to look the same as your life is right now. And I was, that, that sounds very simple, right? But at a certain moment, this really came down to me like, yeah, that's true. If I don't make a real change, I know how my future is going to look just a repetition of what I am experiencing right now. And I thought like, oh no, I don't want that. So this really helped me to get started. And here the same again, I lowered the bar. I didn't start with a half an hour. That's, that's, that's a lot if you are not used to that. What I did was starting five minutes. Mm. And the thing that helps me, helped me the best is doing five minutes in a moment that you already do something you normally always do at that time. And for me, that was just waking up. When I wake up, I do my five-minute meditation. And that was the, those two things were connected with each other. Mm, yeah, that's good. And those five minutes started, after a few weeks, they started feeling so good that naturally I was like, oh, let's do 10 minutes. And then it became 15 minutes. So I started like this and now this was like 15 minutes of um, me time that I installed in my life and now it's like two hours and a half. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it grew. I do one hour in the morning and I do ha uh, one hour and a half in the evening. But this all in the evening, it also includes like the, day the things I would just love to do when uh, I have some free time, like... Uh, in the evening, I love to color or to dance or to listen to some music mm -hmm. or go for a walk. I also love to journal at night. Uh, I also, in the morning, I do journaling. I do EFT, the, so the tapping. Mm -hmm. yeah. I do a meditation and I do yoga. Wow, you do yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I do a lot, but not... I don't do everything a half an hour. I do everything. So in the morning, I take time for everything for like, uh, I do yoga for 30 minutes, then a 10 minute or 15 minute meditation, five minutes of tapping, and the rest I ha start with some journaling. Yeah, that's, that's doable. That's very doable for most people if they set aside the time. Again, it's, yeah. it's about taking that time for yourself which again we don't do very often well the thing is here that it sounds so much and if i knew that i had to no if i would think like i have to take time for myself two and a half hours i would be like are you crazy but i started with five minutes that's like that's how it worked for me lower the bar as low as you can go to five minutes and do in these five minutes what you like but let it be those five minutes and give yourself those five minutes and don't think that it has to get 10 minutes soon no just 
stick with your five minutes until you feel inspired to do more. And if you don't feel inspired to do more, then just stay with your five minutes. Don't pressure yourself. Yeah. That, I think that is, for me, that was the secret recipe. Just start with very small things. But I did those five minutes daily and that's why it feels so good for me. Like, yes, yes, I can do this. This works for me. Not a half an hour, five minutes, you know? Yeah. And, and not thinking like, oh, if, if, I, uh, if I want to be in alignment with myself, I have to make this like an hour or two hours. Don't think about that right now. Just start with your five minutes and be in that moment. Be mindful about those five minutes and who knows, you will be inspired to do more. But at least you have your five minutes. Mm, yeah, that's really good. So for anyone who is listening, um, what kind of advice would you give uh, someone who's considering starting their own business or um, has just started her own business? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, what my experience was in the beginning of my business is do something. Don't try to think that you have to figure it all out because mm. I didn't figure anything out. That's, I am very uh, uh, quite impulsive person. So if you say something to me, you ask a question and it resonates with me, I will say yes. And I will not, that's not always good, but sometimes I just say yes without thinking what the consequences would be. <laughs> so for these things, I would say like, if you, if your heart lights up when you think about what you want to do, that's what you have to follow. Mm, yeah. Not like, oh, but will there be clients? Will I make money? Uh, huh. You will think about that enough. Afterwards, you made your decision. I mean, it doesn't have to be, if it's a rational decision, it's, it's not right. Something is off. But you just, your body has to tell you. Like, I always feel it when somebody asks me a question and it resonates. I feel this like fire inside of me that goes from my toes to my head. I always feel yeah. like, and then I know like, oh, oh, yes, I have to listen to this feeling. And I don't, well, my advantage is that my brain gets shut down when I have this feeling. I am not able to think it through, but I know a lot of people do have that problem. So they feel inspired and then they feel like, no, no, this and this is not going to work and this is not going to work and this is not going to work. I would say if you want to start a business but you feel unsure, I would say meditate and focus on the feeling that you have when you think about your business and how mm, good it is. Yeah. It's like maybe you could even see it, visualize it as a flower that is like, Maybe a tulip, for example, that is closed and you just visualize the image of that flower going open, open, open until it's fully blossoming. And that image re represents like your business and all the ideas that you have around it. Mm. Then you say to your unconscious, like, 
this is what I want to happen to my ideas, my business, and help me to conquer all the challenges that will come. Because I am the living example that you can conquer them. You fear of failure is such a big thing and it can paralyze you i know how it feels but also lower your bar don't look too much to the competition oh no don't do that don't do that just feel like what is your calling here and know that if you have a calling that it's there is no other way that then it will come out and you will do that because that's what a calling is. In a calling, you cannot be successful or unsuccessful. It's just there. So my calling was to do this. And the moment I realized it was my calling and that there was no other way than it would happen, the only thing that I could do is prolong the manifestation of it by my fear of failure. Mm, but it's yeah. there it's already there it's inside of you that's your calling a business is not just a business it's a calling mm. i believe so yeah that's amazing advice and it's all very very true it definitely resonates with me mm. so if anybody wants to work with you or get in touch with you how would they do that where what uh what's your website and your social media and all that mm. Okay, so my website is selfservice.com, uh, self-serve, self-love service, excuse me, self-love service. <laughs> now I have to say it and I don't even say it right. So um, I also have a Facebook page, self-love service, and a Facebook group called the Self-Love Collectors. And that group is mainly uh, that we focus on stress management. What does it mean? How can you get started? Uh, and you get support and advice on that. Uh, I also uh, uh, am uh, active on Instagram, at Self-Love Service. Um, and I have also a YouTube t- channel, which I totally love doing. So then I make videos about how you can start your own stress management, or just inspiration or ideas or also like funny things about like recently I did a apartment decoration haul, which <laughs> is of course not related with the topic, but yeah, it's just fun. So that, nice. those are the channels where you can find me. Nice. Well, this has been such a fun conversation and I'm so glad that I was able to have you on the show. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.